0: How do Fright Clubbers celebrate
1: Valentine's Day? With doomed romances, naturally. How else? Welcome. I'm Hope Madden.
0: And I'm George Wolf. We're from madwolf.com and welcome to our Frights Club podcast especially for valentine's day not hearts and flowers no indeed. but the uh, doomed romances some of our favorites and there's some good ones uh maybe you've seen maybe you haven't hopefully we can uh, turn you on to something new and by the way first off thank you for all the great feedback uh, we love it and keep it coming uh last week we talked about some of our favorite horror reboots, reboots and mm-hmm. we got some great feedback great ideas on some we missed especially from craig
1: yeah, he has. I'm going to say some unusual tastes. Well, one I think is he 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 really liked the uh, Hills Have Eyes remake. That would be Alexandra Aha, who did that great French horror film that we love, um, High or uh, High Tension. High tension mm-hmm. Yeah, which um, was awesome. And then he he remade the old uh, Wes Craven film, The Hills Have Eyes, and and Craig thought that was. Maybe an oversight, not to have mentioned, and that is pretty popular, I have to admit. But then the other one, I love his other recommendation, (laughs) because what a weird movie. The Crispin Glover version
0: of of Willard. Yes, and uh, we love, Crispin's actually coming to town here. We're based in Columbus, Ohio. He's he's made a couple of personal appearances, and uh, we've got to see him and hear him up close. I got to
1: interview him one time, too, which was like the coolest thing ever. Different different kind of guy.
0: Yeah. And uh, his take on Willard uh, was different, but yeah, thank you, Craig. Great great feedback, and we always love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. Anytime you can find us at Mad Wolf. That's M A D D W O L F dot com. But Onto this week's Fright Club podcast, and just for the holiday, doomed romances. So, where you want to start?
1: I want to start with one of my favorite movies ever. I, I shouldn't have had to ask.
0: <laughs> I knew where you were going to start because and
1: not enough people have seen it.
0: <laughs> so we're not gonna... that you haven't tried because on our on our Fright Club live events here in town, when we do the, uh, the whole once a month, we spotlight a horror movie. Have we done it twice?
1: We've done it once, but we're likely to do it again.
0: We, uh, at the Drexel Theater the the
1: last Saturday every month, and we have covered this one before because we love it so much. It's the loved ones. Will you go to the dance with me?
0: Sorry, Loma. I'm going with Holly. Hi, this is Brent. Leave a message. Brent's done this before, he's always turned up.
1: I'm going to stab Holly in the heart. This that
0: you did to me, yes, the loved ones from two thousand and nine, and it has a bit of a love theme because it's all based around that special time in a young person's life, which is prom night.
1: oh, yes, and, uh, oh, and poor Brent, he uh, Lola asks him to the dance. Uh, he's not a bad dude, but he says no to Lola because he has a steady. And that turns out to be a bad, bad decision that he's made. Um, and you know what? I don't know whether I think the doomed romance is between Lola and Brett or between Lola and her dad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, gets, it gets wrong. Uh, because as you heard in the trailer there, she has revenge on her mind, especially uh, she doesn't like that Brent, the, this, this year the object of her affections, uh, has, has another, uh, another girlfriend, and uh, as, you, as you heard... Uh, she has some bad things in mind, not just to his girlfriend, but to Brent, to make him come around uh, to her way of thinking and her dad's way of thinking. And it ends up, Brent is held captive, you know, back at their place. And whew, he he has some bad things done to him. And he finds yes. out that he's not the first. No. Uh, this has happened before. And uh, m- m- daddy and daughter have a special relationship going on. Uh, especially, and, and the mom... Bright eyes. Bright eyes, they call her, and her <laughs> eyes are not bright. And I'll tell you what, uh, and you, you you don't even know if it's her mother or just uh, the dad's companion, for lack of a better word, but there are some weird things in this house. But the other part of this is there's also some humor in it uh, because there's a, another couple that goes to the dance that they kind of focus on. It's Brent's friend. Mm-hmm. Brent's friend who gets the courage up to ask out this Weird, moody, goth girl. Yep. And they're funny. They they go to the dance and they have some funny things happen. And uh, so it, it not only is there some some comic relief in that other couple, but there's also some, some comic relief inside the horror house
1: yeah and i think i mean uh uh, sean byrne who is australian uh made this movie wrote and directed it did a magnificent job but so much and i mean he did a magnificent job it looks great the framing is great there's a scene of this pink dress coming toward you at the end it's just awesome but almost all of it really hinges on um robin mcleavy who plays lola she's just wrong-headed and just fantastic
0: she really is and and so was the guy whose name escapes me that plays the dad. Yeah. But they, they have a, a really good chemistry between them. And uh, they, it's the kind of movie, it certainly happened to us, uh, after you've seen it, even once, and we've seen it more than once, but you just go back to it. You quote it uh, at various times, and you you know, you know remember uh, things. I can't
1: hear you. <laughs> yeah. You'll find yourself
0: saying yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in, in a really strangely macabrely funny, is that a name? Macabrely? Uh, w- a funny. Funny. Uh, uh, Ways, um, because the things they do—they get a drill, a power drill, <laughs> and then there's a hammer, and and then he turns the tables on him a little bit. He Brandt manages to escape a little bit, and he's able to inflict a little bit of punishment and oh, try. To, yeah. And then you find out some other things and oh, yeah. some previous victims, and maybe sort of are a they hot, still pink,
1: alive? Glittery carnage mess. It is. Yeah, it it's is
0: great. It's a great movie. Somebody, and I wish I could remember the entire uh, the entire quote, and I wish I could remember who did it, but. I saw. I've seen one quote about it where something like like Psycho meets Sixteen Candles or or (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that what it is?
1: Sixteen Candles, Texas Chainsaw
0: Massacre. Yeah, and that's closer because the family is so weird, and uh, it is. It's Sixteen Candles because it's got that glittery, you know, dress up and you know special time for the prom kind of thing going on, and then there's some serious torture. Um, So it's it's one that I think. The people that know it appreciate it and really know that it, it takes a place on a lot of lists, no matter what list you're doing, of recent horror movies. But the, the people that don't know it, that's what we're here to change, yeah. I
1: guess. You need to get to know this movie. You really do. If you're a fan of horror films, you need to get to know the loved ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, it was 2007. Uh, and it, it pops up. You'll see it on not only our list, but every now and then we're, we're looking at lists of, of horror movies. And for one reason or another, it's somebody... Somebody points to it as uh, as one that was forgotten. In fact, I remember when we put it on our our showing, you know, our when we did it, shirt. we we heard from a couple of people that oh the loved ones, yeah. I love the loved yeah, ones. Yeah. So so it's out there. It has its it has its fans, uh, but for some reason, it just hasn't maybe gotten the the, the worldwide acclaim that uh, that maybe it should.
1: Yeah. So watch it. That's what we're saying.
0: Yeah, especially for Valentine's Day. <laughs> definitely. Definitely a doomed romance, and and you're right. That uh, lead. That lead actress.
1: Robin McLeavy. A magnificent.
0: She's so great. And what have have we seen her since then?
1: Um, she's in that TV show, Hell on Wheels, apparently. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. We don't watch a lot of TV, unfortunately. So if you bring up a good TV show, we're going to take your word for it. We haven't seen it. Because uh, we're busy watching movies like That's this. Right. That's, <laughs> so The Loved Ones is a great doomed romance. And let's get another one.
1: Yeah, we want to go to uh, one of the all-time great Chan Park Oh my God! Everything he does is magnificent, and this is his really his his first take on a vampire film and on romance. It's called Thirst.
0: Time of death: three thirty-one p.m. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Not only do we love him uh, in just about everything, but actually, the the roots of the story are. Go back centuries, really. It's the, it's that love triangle type of thing that you've seen, and the postman always rings twice. Actually, you saw it come up again last year, I think, with uh, Elizabeth Olsen and o- Oscar Isaac had a movie called In Secret, and it's based on a a novel from I think it's the eighteen hundreds uh, about a uh, you know a, a love triangle, and one couple decide they get together uh, and they decide to bump off somebody else. So that that's the kind of root of the story, but Thirst takes it. An entirely different way, and that is a vampire vampire genre type.
1: Because before we get into the love triangle at all, you know, the main character uh, first of all, that the love ti- triangle story is almost always told from the point of view of the female, uh, the wife, and in this one, it is not. It's told from the point of view of the other man, and, and in this case, he starts off a priest. He's a priest, and he uh, he goes in for a procedure uh, to, to cure a disease, and he dies, but doesn't. So he comes back. He's a vampire. <laughs> And then also falls in love with his, his ill friend's wife. I mean, it's really weird. It's a very weird film. And, and uh, it's a Korean film. And there's a lot of sort of unusual comic elements to it as well. But it's just gorgeous the way it's filmed. It's just so, just so sumptuously filmed. And Chan-wook Park, if you're not familiar, well, you should be. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's the director behind Old Boy, the, the entire Vengeance trilogy. Um, the as, original.
0: Yes, right, That's right,
1: the original, the masterpiece, <laughs> the one, old yes, boy. Yes, the
0: one that you should see, forget uh, the other one.
1: Right, and uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Lady Vengeance, and also uh, an unseen and an underseen um, English-language film he made a few years ago called Stoker, which was great. But this is, this is uh, his only vampire movie, and uh, certainly his only real romance,
0: I would think. One of the other cool things about it is, uh, because he starts before he's turned, he's a priest, there's some real interesting contrast between what he's doing to his victims and a guilt that he feels about it, uh, in terms of he he mentions a few times about praying for me, don't pray for me. He has pity on his victims and think there's a there's a real back and forth between what he's doing yeah. and his his calling, so to speak, because mm-hmm. now he has a new calling, right? And it's it, it's in stark contrast to his old one.
1: And it's just you know it was it's an interesting combination of elements because that idea the you know the conflicted vampire that's not that really unusual it's done really well here but i mean it's a pretty common trope for vampire films it's the it's the connecting all of it up with this you know long-standing old love triangle with the meddling mother-in-law story that's just so the it's a weird movie in a good way but it's very odd
0: yeah and it is as you mentioned it's 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 visually arresting visually striking especially when there are many scenes when he's covered in bandages. Yes. Remember his face? Yeah. It's almost like, picture the old Invisible Man movies, where when the Invisible Man you know, is wrapped in bandages, so then you can actually see the outline of his face. This is kind of like that in, in some, of the, uh, some of the scenes. He's walking around with a hat and, and, and bandage, and I think a cigarette yeah. at some time.
1: And it's funny, because you know if you're used to, to Park's films, they're very punishing. I mean, he's got a, a ph- ph- phenomenal visual style, but it's not like this. This is very fluid and yeah. and poetic and sort of just lovely and and then punctuated by these really unusual images.
0: Yeah, it's not like the like it's a great word, punishing of say old boy right. because whoo that is punishment. Uh, not here. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's very very softer.
1: S- it's kinder.
0: Softer and uh, and almost you don't want to say gentle, uh, but it, but it it kind of is certainly it, by and, comparison. By yeah. comparison, but even when he's it's stalking his victims and, and and interacting with his victims, there's a certain you know romance about it. Which some of the old uh, Dracula movies, there sure. always has sure. been, very homoerotic kind of thing or erotic uh, in a sense when he's you know uh, jumping on his victims. But uh, that's that comes into play here as well. And it's certainly not one of his uh, like you said, very extremely brutal no. type of violence. But uh, it's still. It still is a yeah, vampire a blood movie, lighting. so blood—blood <laughs> uh, blood is spilled—but it's a very interesting take where you combine those two genres: the old love, love triangle and the vampire.
1: Yeah, but we want to move on to another one of my favorites, and this is uh, this might be one that a few more people are familiar with, and it's uh, an American film that I just loved called May. If you can't
0: find a friend, make one. What you reading about? Amputation. You have a beautiful neck. I love your hands. You have really beautiful legs. I love your tattoo. <laughs>
1: I need more parts. So this is one. Uh, Lucky McKee is the writer-director, and he made another one of the films that George knows I love so dearly, which is not a romance at all. It's called The Woman.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that one. You want to go back, you want to talk about Brutal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we'll do a whole other show on The Woman someday, (laughs) but it doesn't fit in with today. But uh, uh, May was one of his first films, and... Um, You know, it's a story. Uh, it's got kind of a little, you know, Solon's-esque sort of, you know, it's the gawk and they really mind that. They don't turn away from that. And they don't, it's there. You're with her in every embarrassing, socially maladjusted, weird thing that she does. And uh, May is played by Angela Bettis. She could not possibly be any better. She's magnificent. You just love her. And then you just ache for her to actually find someone who loves her back. And she has two, possibilities in the course of the film um one is jeremy sisto who is the the boy that she loves he's perfect and then the other is her co-worker yeah but
0: we gotta talk about jeremy sisto because to us that's not his name (laughs) what's his name his name is my foot hurts (laughs) 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 and uh, that's (laughs) because he's the guy if you saw the old movie clueless with alicia silverstone he is one of her classmates, and he keeps trying to get out of class and go to the <laughs> restroom or out the nurse out in the hall. And his only reason for doing that is my foot hurts, <laughs> and that's what he says. So from then on, at least to us, we will see him because I think he had a TV show for a while. Didn't he, he might have. He, he was a, in
1: thirteen. He was in the. He film was in thirteen, 13 yeah. but he—I don't know—he had always,
0: CSI: Schenectady or, or I one of those. Know. But oh, like I'd see him on the on the commercials, and I'd say, "Hey, it's my foot hurts." <laughs> So <laughs> apologies to Mr. Sisto, but uh, your name is my foot hurts. And uh, he is uh, he's one of the the love potential interest. boyfriends. Yeah. Right. And as you hear in the trailer, she uh, it's its almost like a Frankenstein type of vibe.
1: Yes, very much. And you can tell you can sort of see it coming on for a long time. She works in a veterinary hospital along with Anna Faris, who is her other love interest, who is Anna Faris, who, obviously a comic, you know, um, actress that, you know, in a lot of things. She is, again. Just spot-on perfect in this movie. She's just vampy and adorable and hilarious. I can see, yeah, I
0: can see that. Oh, yeah. she's
1: great. She's great. And she brings so much energy to the film. And so eventually, you know, the, the longer you get into it, the more you realize that May is not just a wallflower. May is bone-deep weird. She's <laughs> weird, and things are not going to pan out for her, and she just doesn't know why. So... Eventually, she decides to make her own friend. So it's not really until this really quite tender and heartbreaking moment in the film where things just change. And it's kind of like a coming of age a little bit. Although when she she comes of age, she starts collecting body parts to make herself a friend. It's a wonderful movie, though. I mean, it's just magnificent.
0: Yeah, that was from 2002. And that was one, I'll be honest, I was not. that really slipped through the cracks because I was not aware of that one at all. Yeah,
1: it's a great movie, though. It's good. It's worth seeing. And there's another one that not a lot of people have seen that, that's really worth checking out, and it's called The Signal.
0: What's the matter in the ad? I turned the TV on, and there it was. One out of two people just started killing each other. They just decided to kill people. Listen to me. It's a lie. Signal, it's a trick. Yeah, the signal from 2007, and as you kind of got the idea from the trailer, there's a little bit of a little bit of a, a poltergeist where there's something in the TV.
1: <laughs> well, there's a signal, and uh, and it's funny because you kind of have to go with it. It's back in the time where people would listen to CD Walkmans, so that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: I remember that.
1: So you know, and the whole time you just wonder, well Will Maya and Ben? will they reunite or will they be kept apart because the signal that is being transmitted across people's phones and their TVs and their radios is making people crazy drop making them insane which is a very we've talked about the the film the crazies before yeah. this is very much along the same line it's really fun it's violent it's nutty it's insane and the two lovers are separated at the beginning of the film. And so the whole point is, are they going to get back together? And when they do, if they get back together, will they both still be sane? And so, you know, that's your journey. But the really, the main reason to watch this is Maya's husband, um, who is not her lover. It is her husband. He's played by um, A.J. Bowen, who's, who's in a lot of, of horror movies and uh, rarely this hilarious. He's hilarious. He's uh, an exterminator. And uh, he can take a lot of punishment and he's he's just very funny And the middle. The middle act is a bunch of people who you don't know. Do they have they, they refer to it as the crazy. Do they have the crazy? Do they not? Are they just survivors? Are they just weird? What's going on here? It's it's so much fun, um, especially the middle part, which really has very little to do with the doomed lovers. But um, except that it's her ex-husband who's trying to make sure that they stay apart and he's gathering the resources that he needs to do so.
0: Now, would you categorize this as one of those afraid of technology type horror movies where oh, we have because that was a time with the Walkman and maybe there were some new technologies coming in. Is that one of those? That's the theme you know, behind a it,
1: bit, which is a very common theme in, in Asian horror films. Yeah. And I do think so. But it's also very um, it's a zombie film without zombies, basically. But instead of it being a fear of infection, which is what most zombie films are, it is. It is. a. It is a. A worry. It's a worry about technology and, and how technology is affecting us. But it's really funny, and it's quite bloody. And you know what? Crazy people can, can take a beating. That's what I learned from this movie. And duct tape has a lot of uses. I learned that as well.
0: <laughs> uh, remember that, kids. <laughs> All right, so we move from a, a couple of your favorites to, to one of mine. And actually, I don't believe this is one of yours, so we can talk about that. But We go back to 1987 for the original Hellraiser.
1: A box? Not just any box.
0: It opens doors. Doors to the pleasures of heaven or hell.
1: We'll tear your soul apart.
0: I love that. Pinhead will tear your soul apart. Pinhead, we didn't really get to meet him. I wouldn't say we met him, but he came to town. A few years ago at the Horror Hound Festival, yeah. and we got a we got a picture of him signing autographs. Yeah, we did. Uh, I, I,
1: this was this, literally what happened. I turned around, when, I, I turned around and said, "Oh my God, it's Pinhead."
0: <laughs> he hadn't <laughs> heard that before. No, uh, Doug, Bradley, <laughs> Doug uh, Bradley, the actual the actor. And but, he had
1: a he had a uh, here in Ohio. There's a, a famous penitentiary in Mansfield, and he was wearing a Mansfield Penitentiary T-shirt, which gave yeah, him extra nice. points in our book. Yeah, yeah,
0: and he had a pretty long line, or we might have uh, we might have gotten an actual picture. But anyway. Um. Yeah, he's the, the lead Cenobite, and I have a lot of, of affection for this movie. And you really don't. And why is that?
1: I don't know, but I, I'm just realizing right now in this particular season that it's kind of the Fifty Shades of Grey for horror fans, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yes, and you know what? And that's the thing, because you know I defer to you a lot of times, especially you're, you're much more knowledgeable about the history of horror, and, and you see them all, and I don't. But this one is interesting because it came out, as I'm sure you realize, it came out as at a time of the teenage slasher movies. Yeah, the you know, height, the 1980s, right, the height right. of the slasher. And it took it in a very adult, a little bit of that S&M direction. Mm-hmm. And this was totally different at the time. Because, yeah, it wasn't just kids. These were adults, and they were playing with some stuff. And, and that's at the root of it. And I'm sure you probably know the story by now. Uh, there's the box that, uh, if it's opened, can bring uh, pleasures heavenly or pleasures hellish. And in this case... Uh, it's hellish because it releases the cenobites, and uh, and they come looking. And what it is 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 a woman is involved with. She's having an affair with her husband, her, her brother, husband's her brother, her brother-in-law. Yeah, and he is the one who's into all these extreme pleasures and all these Asian, you know, tribal type of legends and everything. So he's seeking out these types of things. So he gets the box, he opens it. Uh, the cenobites come and tear him up, and then she finds when they. Then she goes back with her husband and uh, a daughter, the young uh, teenage teenage girl. uh, And they're in a house where the house where uh, the brother in law was killed where he was opening up that box. So his remains, so to speak, are like in the floorboards Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And long story short, it gets discovered that if the wife brings lures men up there to that room, kills them spills blood in the room, that blood more and more will bring the the brother-in-law back to life. And even though by today's standards the special effects aren't good, back then when you saw him in various stages of Undead uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh,
1: for me, one of the, aside from the Cenobites, who are, are are top to bottom awesome. I mean, every single one of them. Yeah, that one. I mean, all of great. them, they're so cool. But the other thing that makes the movie work as as well as it does for me is Claire Higgins, who plays the, the wife. She's just Unseemly. Oh, she is. She's very like weirdly turned on by this pulpy <laughs> oh, mass. Of definitely the, so. It's and that's creepy. Part, yes, yes, exactly. It's, it's part of what works really well. Yeah. And As you've pointed out before, one of the reasons that you like it is because while there is a teenage girl in this movie, she's not just a mindless, vacuous, screeching that's right. uh, death trap. She actually outwits everybody, the Cenobites and the, the humans who are who are trying to do bad.
0: Right. Because what she figures out is that she, the Cenobites are not happy that a, a man that they originally captured, so to speak, has gotten away. So she figures that she can, once, once they get on her trail, she makes a deal with them that, Hey, this guy got away from you. I can lead you back to him and, and they want him back. So yeah, you're right. She's not just screaming and running. Uh, she's thinking mm-hmm. and trying to get out of it and, make a, and making, you know, making deals. And, uh, you know, at the time, not only was the, the S and M kind of theme, certainly different, but so was that because it was usually just screaming, you know, nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, You know, I love those types of movies, but this was different. And, um, it, and it certainly was bloody. It was bloody for its, for its time. Yeah. Because when he's up in those chains and, and, and that's the other thing about it, that just the sound, you would hear the chains rattling, you know, when they opened it up and, and you know that the Cenobites were coming, and because they are so very cool, not just Pinhead. No, I'll uh, even though he's the he's the only one that he's speaks. Just, right? Yeah, right. He's the only one that speaks. Mm-hmm. But there's the other guy, like you said that. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> then there's <laughs> the the woman and the great big blobby one, the sluggy one. Guy, the yeah, sluggy yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're just very cool. Uh, cool. And and the very the very uh, interesting thing is we just heard that this is this is we just talked about reboots last week. This is going to be rebooted by. Clive Barker himself, right?
1: He's writing it, and uh, uh, as far as I know, they haven't really determined who's directing it. It may be him. He may just be producing it. They haven't really landed on a director, I believe, just yet. But and it's going to be an origin story. They're going to take us back uh-huh. to the uh, uh, Devil's Island, where okay,
0: the, the origin the, of the box yeah. and everything else. Yep,
1: yep. And so that should be kind of interesting yeah. if there's a good director. I think.
0: Yeah, because you know it goes without saying they have. A world of uh, technological advancements at their disposal, yeah. uh, but I, I hope they don't go too far with that. And to be
1: honest with you, uh, none of the sequels have been any good. No, been I'll give six, you that. Yeah, they've all I'll been, give you that. They've all we, been
0: pretty bad. We we argue back and forth about this sometimes because this is one of the ones that I really like, and and you really don't. But I'll give you that. I'm not I'm not talking about the sequels. I just mean the first one mm-hmm. here. I think it still works. And and I guess the doomed romance, <laughs> if we're going to say, is be, is between uh, the wife and the brother in law. Yeah, because. Uh, any romance that she promises after that is just as a means to an end of spilling blood. And because she gets into it too. Yeah. You know, when she lures those guys up there and and she really has a little bit of bloodlust about oh, it. She does. Not only to what the blood will do to her lover, bring him back a little bit more, but just the fact of killing them. She yeah. gets into it. No, she does. She really does, yeah. even though she's at first, you know, repulsed by the sight of him. Um it's uh, so yeah, Hellraiser, definitely still one of uh one of my favorites. And that's you know, that's five of our favorite doomed romances. You You can
1: check them out. Actually, it's funny because um, I wrote for Screen Relish. We write for for, uh, ScreenRelish.com, and uh, and I did something this weekend called The Saturday Screamer. I do one about once a month, and because it's Valentine's Day, I wrote up May. So you can see a full review of the film May in a trailer uh, at ScreenRelish.com right now.
0: Yeah, and if there's any of these that, that we missed, maybe, please let us know. And also... You know what? Take a side here. Who's right? (laughs) Who's right on Hellraiser? Is it a really good one? Or, you know, as Hope says, eh, not so much. So I'd be interested to know because uh, that's one that we agree on an awful lot of movies. We We really do. Once in a while we have a disagreement, a disagreement, and... And this is one of them. Just, you know, just a little bit. You know, it's not like you hate it.
1: No, I don't. And, I, you know, I love a good villain. I love a good villain. And yeah. Pinhead is a great villain. And really, so is the woman. She's great as well. She's creepy and great. I just have never been that fond of the film. Okay. And this screechy uh, teenage girl. I like Kirsten. I think it's
0: Kirsten. Yeah, so, all right. So let us know your thoughts on, uh, on Hellraiser and anything else. It's easy on the voice feedback line. That's 304-837-2278.
1: That's over at golden spiral media uh, the lovely people who put on our podcast or if you want to go to their website slash feedback then you can try uh, submitting a feedback response you just use an uh, upload a pre-recorded audio file using the SpeedPipe widget to record uh, a contribution it comes right to us and we'll play it on the show next yeah. week and we'll talk about whatever it is you had to say.
0: Oh you bet we love it so and of course as we said before keep it going uh, we love to converse back and forth on Twitter which is uh, at mad wolf madD. W-O-L-F. So happy Valentine's Day. Indeed. (laughs) So we will talk to you again next week. Until then, I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolfe. Stay frightful, my friends.